months earlier, this would have filled me with joy and maybe even pride. I'd spent hours waiting around for readers at book fairs, sitting patiently behind piles of my books without anyone coming. I was familiar with that feeling of helplessness, that rather shameful solitude. I was now overwhelmed by an entirely different sensation, a kind of dizziness. For a moment it felt too much, too much for one person, too much for me. Olivier said he had to head off. My book had come out at the end of August, and for several months I'd been going from city to city, from events to signings, readings to discussions, in bookshops, libraries and media centres, where increasing numbers of readers awaited me. It sometimes overwhelmed me, the feeling of having hit the bullseye, of having carried thousands of readers along in my wake, the probably mistaken feeling of having been understood. I'd written a book whose impact I hadn't foreseen. I'd written a book whose effect on my family and those around me spread in a series of waves, causing collateral damage I hadn't anticipated. A book that quickly separated my unwavering supporters from my false allies, and whose delayed effects were to prove long-lasting. I hadn't imagined the book's proliferation and its consequences. I hadn't imagined the image of my mother, reproduced hundreds then thousands of times, the cover photo that contributed significantly to the spread of the text, the photo that very quickly became dissociated from her and was now no longer my mother, but a character in the novel, blurred and diffracted. I hadn't imagined readers feeling moved or fearful. I hadn't imagined that some would cry in front of me, nor how hard it would be for me not to cry with them. There was that very first time, in Lille, when a frail young woman, who was visibly exhausted by repeated hospitalisation, told me the novel had given her the crazy, insane hope that in spite of her illness, in spite of what had happened and was irreparable, in spite of what she had inflicted upon her children, that they might, just maybe, be able to love her. And there was another time, one Sunday morning in Paris, when a troubled man had talked to me about mental health issues, of how others looked at him, at them, all the people who cause such fear that they're all lumped together, the bipolar, schizophrenics, depressives, labelled like shrink-wrapped chickens according to the current trends in the magazine cover stories. And talked to me about Lucille, my invulnerable heroine who redeemed them all, and on other occasions, in Strasbourg, Nantes, Montpellier, there were sometimes people I wanted to hug. Gradually, I established a sort of imperceptible rampart, a cordon sanitaire that enabled me to go on, to be present, but at a safe distance. I developed a movement of the diaphragm that blocked the air at my breastbone to make a tiny cushion, an invisible airbag, so that I could then gradually breathe out through my mouth once the danger had passed. That way I could listen, speak, understand what was being created around the book, the to and fro between reader and text, as the book almost always sent the reader back, why, I cannot explain, to his or her own story. The book was a sort of mirror, whose depth of field and contours no longer belonged to me but I knew that someday it would all catch up with me.
the number, the sheer number of readers, of comments, invitations, the number of bookshops visited and hours spent on intercity trains, and that then something would give under the weight of my doubts and contradictions. I knew there would come a day when I would not be able to extricate myself, and there would have to be a thorough stock-taking, if not a settling of the score. That Saturday at the book fair, I had signed without a break. People had come to talk to me, and I was having trouble finding the words to thank them, answer their questions, meet their expectations. I could hear my voice trembling. I was having trouble breathing. The airbag was no longer working. I couldn't face up to things. I'd become permeable, vulnerable. Around 6pm the queue was closed off with a stretch barrier between two posts to deter latecomers, obliging them to turn around. Nearby.